Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. And today it is my pleasure to have my friend, my inspiration, Mr. Tim Mai. I remember watching a video of Tim Mai on YouTube like back in 2008, 2009. And I said, man, if this guy can do this, I definitely can. Tim, thank you so much for being here today on our podcast uh, and, and accepting my invitation in such a short notice. But yeah, thanks for having me here. Let's get down, man. Like, who is Tim? Where do you come from? What, where, where, where? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure, sure. So, I mean, um, yeah, long story, short story, right? So, I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit about my, my background. But I, um, I haven't always been this handsome. I'll okay. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I was uh, I was originally from Vietnam. So you were, my, uh, where, and, and now where are you from? I'm here in Houston. <laughs> Canada, no, yeah. but you said you were originally from Vietnam. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I guess you yeah. changed your origin now. <laughs> yeah, changed my origin. Yeah, so so yeah, I'm 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 from Vietnam, and my brother and I came here. He was 19. I was 12 years old. And, you know, so we grew up on the streets. I mean, it's, it's pretty much just the two of us for most of our lives, um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, so, so we, you know, how, how we left Vietnam, my, you know, back, so back when I was born in 1975, when the war ended, and my mm -hmm. whole family was supposed to have left Vietnam at that time, but because I was only two weeks old, my mom was afraid that I might die. So, you know, we stayed back. And, um, and so after the war ended, the communist government took over and, you know, uh, you can't just leave Vietnam, you have to escape out of Vietnam. So a lot of people had tried to escape out of Vietnam. Uh, my whole family had tried to escape like many times that we just weren't successful. So when my brother turned 18, and back then, uh, when you turn 18, it's automatic draft into the military. Right. Uh, and so a lot of boys, they would either cut off their, their index fingers so they can't pull the trigger. Or, wow. they would, yeah, or they would try to escape out of Vietnam. And so, uh, so, so, uh, so my, you know, my parents wanted my brother to, you know, to be able to leave. Uh, so they asked me if I wanted to come along. And, you know, asked, at that time I was 11 years old. So I was like, sure, I'll come along. We always come back home, go, go back home anyways, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, so I, yeah, so I went with my brother you know, and uh, yeah, so we we finally actually made it out of Vietnam. We uh, we kind of imagine this: imagine like a twenty-four foot fishing boat with thirty-seven of you on there. Wow! Yeah, so you were like we were all laying uh, underneath the deck like sardines next to each other, and my brother and and the other man were sitting next to the engine and constantly like scooping out water. 
Wow. Yeah. We literally floated out at sea for seven days and six nights. And on the fourth day, we got hijacked by five pirate boats. Wow. These are are like, not like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) These are... You know, these are these are actually uh, Thai fishermen that would, you know, uh, steal like rape the woman, throw the men off the boat, and steal whatever they they can. Right? Yeah, they're and, thugs. They're 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 thugs, and that, that that's the that's the reality of today's pirate ship, right? right? They're just out there trying to catch boats, you know, to steal, you know, get whatever they have. Um, and I've actually watched some shows about that. Uh, it's big in Southeast Asia. Uh, yeah, you know, it, all over yeah. the Philippines, Malaysia, Thailand, uh, pirate ship is 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 kind of like an everyday thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. So it's a, so yeah. I mean, um, so that's you know, for us, I think what, we got lucky because there was five of them and not just one of them. Uh, I think if there was only one of them that pulled us over, they might have done much more horrible things to us, you know. And right. so maybe five, there's more of a sort of peer pressure, whatever. I don't know, but. Uh, they 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 came over. They took whatever valuables that they could, and then they left us on our way after that. Wow. And uh, and yeah, so we um, you know so 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 a few days later, we got picked up by a Malaysian boat. So they took us to the Malaysian refugee camp. Um, and uh, and and yeah, so I spent six months in Malaysia in the Malaysian refugee camp. Another six months in the Philippines refugee camp. You know, to, to get like paperwork to get into the U.S. Basically. And uh, so yeah, I moved. I moved uh, to Seabrook, uh, you know, south southeast of Houston here. Yeah. Uh, when I first came over, and uh, and and yeah, you know, um, my uh, that's where I started. And you know, at first we moved into uh, one of my uncle's house, but it well, it was a two bedroom apartment. He had three kids, one of which was a newborn baby. It was you know very tight. So we 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 only stayed there for three months, and then we were left on our own. We. Uh, so we used to live in Allen Parkway, which is the the, the project back then, uh, you know, government housing, Section Eight uh, type rentals, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I remember growing up, you know, at any given time, we so we were living in this two bedroom apartment, and at any given time, there's like eight to twelve other single guys living there. Wow. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys were runaway kids. Uh, you know, some yeah, they're, they're just like guys that were kind of lost like we are, we were, you know? Um, and so we, uh, you know, growing up, I mean, we did whatever stupid stuff we could to survive, uh, you know, dealing drugs and, you know, going like stealing car radios and just stupid stuff like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily, uh, you know, we got out of that environment. Um, you know, I, yeah, I was able to, uh, to you know, to finish high school finished most of my college. Uh, I haven't gotten my college degree just yet because I'm just rebellious and don't, don't want to get my college degree. But, right. um, but, but, but anyways, you know, after college, um, I, I found a good IT job in, uh, in Dallas. And so I you know, worked there for a couple of years. Uh, you know, fresh out of college, um, they, they were paying me $40 an hour. No, 40, 40, uh, 40,000 a year. So that's like $20 an hour. Right. They were charging for my consult. So I was doing a network uh, software consulting. They were charging $230 an hour for my, for my uh, time. It's crazy, right? Wow. So, yeah. So, so the whole time I was there, I was constantly thinking, it was like, I want to go and, you know, I want to do my own business. 
I want to be charging $230 an hour, not, you know, $20 an hour. Right. And, uh, and anyway, so .com came, you know, .com came around and dot, .com busted. That was like 91, 92. I, I forgot. This is, uh, no, no, no. This is, uh, so I worked there from uh, 99 to, uh, uh, yeah, around 99, 2000 uh, timeframe. Uh, 99 is basically when the .com busted, but the company hang in there until 2002. Got it. Uh, and then so yeah, so the company went belly up, and you know basically they 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 laid all of us, all of us off, um, and so I was like, okay, you know what what am I going to do next, right? So I started looking around, um, and then I saw um, uh, Robert Allen was uh, you know doing some uh, advertising, and um, he had uh, at that time he had wrote the, the book called um, uh, the One Minute Millionaire, the One Minute Millionaire. So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I checked into that and basically, you know, paid 3000 bucks to be a part of that program. So my name is actually in the back of that book. Really? Yeah. If you guys, so I was one of what they, you know, it created this program called the millionaire Eagles. And I'm like one of those people. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so, so, uh, so that's, you know, that's how, I, that was how I got into real estate investing. So I moved, that was in Dallas. And then I moved back to Houston, man. I spent, I spent the first six months in the business door knocking on pre foreclosures and, and, and guess how many deals I did from those door knocking. Zero. Zero. <laughs> so but hold on a second. So you, you left Dallas, uh-huh. you came to Houston and why are you getting into real estate? Like, how was that? Like, where do you learn? No door knocking or that, that, like how that, did that idea come about to you? Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, so after I moved back from Dallas, you know, uh, so I learned about real estate investing through that Robert Allen uh, okay. program. And so, uh, you know, when I moved back to Houston, um, you know, I, I attended the rich club, like the local real clubs here. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so I, you know, um, I learned about pre foreclosures and it makes sense, you know, people, you know, in foreclosure. Uh, so you try to get to Help them, them out. before they lose the house. Right. So, yep. So that that uh, like that whole idea made sense to me. So that's why I got into uh, into for, uh, yeah into door knocking, uh, and yeah into doing pre foreclosures. And then you know sort of uh, one of the ladies here uh, in Houston, she specialized in teaching people to go door knocking on uh, on on pre foreclosure. Okay. Uh, so I yeah I actually hire her as my mentor. Uh, you know to teach me uh, th- that business. Um, and uh, and yeah I mean you know. It, uh, every single day, I, I, you know, I, I didn't have a job at that time because I got laid off. So I was working the business pretty hard. I mean, every single day, like rain or shine, I would go out there, door knock at least 20 doors a day. Uh, it's just that, you know, my luck is just, it didn't happen, right? But I how, learned- How were you paying bills at the time? So I was, I moved, I moved in with my sister at that time. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't have to pay uh, rent or anything. And I still had some savings, uh, that was left from my job. From your job, so you were good at saving money. Um, to a degree, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I was. I mean, I was young. I was not married back then, and I made plenty of money. So you know, it, it, yeah. I, I, I yeah, I definitely had extra. Um, and so, so, uh, so, yeah. I, you know, I was out there, uh, just pounding, you know, the pavement. Um, and while I didn't get any deals, I learned so much in that process. I learned how to call banks to negotiate forbearance. 
I learned about short sales. I learned about, you know, like a lot of different, like learn how to strategy. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I learned how to deal with uh, like handle objections. Um, you know, I got my, so many people like, you know, curse me out and slam the door in my face and all of that stuff that I got. Yeah. So I, I, I grew thick skin through that process. Right. right. Um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, so, uh, so, so um, in uh, one, this is how I did my first deal. So um, I was in a, I was in Barnes and Noble one day and, you know, reading through uh, real estate books and I saw a book by Peter Conti. Um, it was actually on lease options. And I, I, I got to chapter three of the book and it says, if you want to do your first deal in the next 30 days, go put out a hundred signs, hundred bandit signs. I was like, well, that's simple enough. I closed the book, didn't buy it at that time. <laughs> I didn't buy it until years later after I met Peter. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And, um, you know, and, 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 and how was that introduction? Hey, Peter, my name is Tim. I read your book a, a few years ago for free. I never got to buy it, but you know what? <laughs> now that I get to know you, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we laughed about it and everything. Because uh, by the time I met him, I was already in the uh, in the education space. So I was already okay. teaching other people to do real estate. So him and I got to become friends. Uh, and so, yeah, I gave him a testimonial, you know, about that whole that whole um, uh, story. But yeah, so so I, so, you know, so I, um, so it says to put out 100 signs. So I, in my mind, I was like, you know what? I mean, I, you know, I put out a lot of work to try to get this business to work. So I'm just going to double what he said. I'm going to put out 200 signs instead of 100. Uh, so my wife and I, you know, so by this time, um, yeah. Uh, you were already married. No, no, not yet. Not yet. So there was my girlfriend, now wife, because uh, we didn't get married until 2003. And this is 2002. So, uh, so, 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 yeah. So um, my, yeah, my then girlfriend would drive the car and I would put out the signs. And then, and then that very uh, weekend, uh, so we put out the sign on Thursday and I went to a, a, a Robert Allen seminar uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday that weekend in San Antonio. And, um, and, and at that seminar, I learned to, you know, to ask, is that the best you can do? Right? Like yes. That, you know, that's the one line I remember. The one, the one aha moment for you. Right. The, the nugget. Uh, so, yeah. So Monday morning, after the seminar, Monday morning, you know, the seller called me. I was still asleep. So she didn't leave a voicemail or anything like that. Uh, you know, so I tried to call her back. You know, finally got a hold of her. And uh, she told me about a property that she has. Uh, back then, uh, mold claim was really popular in Texas. I don't know if you ever been through that. But uh, yeah, but back in the early 2000s. Uh, a lot of people were doing, you know, black mold claim uh, on their houses. Uh, anyways, so she had done a mold claim on her house, uh, and it was in a it was in a Mission Bend area, and um, so this house was worth like one hundred thirty thousand dollars, and she was asking sixty thousand for this house, and it's like, hey, this sounds like a good deal. So I, so I, I was like, okay, let me use the line that I, I just learned from the seminar. Is that the best you can do? And she said, you know what? The best I can do is 55,000. Ooh, she I just dropped another five. It's just like that. I mean, within like less than a minute, right? Just by asking that simple question. 
And that question goes on to serve me so well in a lot of, you know. All, I use all, it a lot. I actually use it a lot. I never heard it from anybody, but I do say, is that the best you can do, man? Come on, help me out here so we can cut a deal, right? And, right. and but I, I, I follow it with help me out here so we can cut a deal. That's and That's and good. so it's kind of like reinforcing that, hey, man, they're just helping me out now. I'm helping them buy the property, but now they're helping me out by cutting me a deal. And they feel like, okay, we both win. And they're dropping. We had this lady that, um, and I'm sort of caught you off track, but <laughs> it just brought me to a deal we're doing right now. She said, I will, I want 8,000, but, but I wouldn't take any less than five. <laughs> I love it when people say that. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, and then we go, all right, we're going to send you a contract for five. Is that, is that the best that you can do so you can help me out so we can cut out a deal? Well, uh, 4,000. Okay, perfect. Let's send the contract, right? So That's awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, 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 will, I learned something new today. Help me out so we can cut, we can make a deal. Help That's me awesome. out so we can cut a deal today, right now, right? That's, I'm a closer. I'm, I, I am a closer. Like, I will close you on, if I want to sell you on something, I'm going to go close you, right? Yeah. So I, I study all those, all those things that come after the, the, the offer. Right. Um, so I can get you moving to paint and, uh, you know, put the ink on paper pretty much. So, That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So I'm sorry. So you were saying you learned that in San Antonio on that seminar. Uh, what came afterwards? You you got the five thousand dollar reduction on that mole house. How was that deal? Yeah. So we so I got that property in a contract. Um, in case you hear bird chirping, that's my love bird. It, it's okay. <laughs> we love that. Oh, you got a gong too. Yeah. So Tom Pro <laughs> bought it for me. Oh yeah. Awesome. Is that every time you lock up a deal or what? Yeah, it's a victory gong. <laughs> I, I I have a I have a ring bell. Uh I don't know, you've seen it, right? Uh the the ringside uh like a boxing bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we use here. Yeah, I, I was joking with Tom Crow that uh his uh, victory bell was a gong and then so he went and ordered ordered me a gong. <laughs> awesome, man, awesome. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so, so anyways, um, so yeah, so, so, so yeah, I went look at the, you know, I went look at the property long story short, you know, I got in a contract, um, you know, I, uh, I learned about both wholesaling and rehabbing at that time, but I was like, man, there's so much equity here. And, you know, um, I haven't done the deal for six months. You know, I really need the money. And so let me just rehab this deal instead of uh, wholesaling it. Right. Uh, so I, my very first private lender was my sister. Oh, wow. And, and yeah. I, I share this with everybody, like your contact list, your friends and family, you know, it's an amazing source of private lenders that like a lot of people don't realize. Do you know who mine was? Who? My mother-in-law. Nice. That's Actually, awesome. my first deal that I ever bought ever was my mother-in-law. That's awesome. So I started using private money right away. Yeah. So yeah, and because uh, you know, I, here's my negotiation with my sister. Check this out. It's like, look, you you have your money sitting in a CD. It's barely earning you one percent. Um, how about this? I'll do three times that. I'll pay you three percent for your money. <laughs> and I got it. 
That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, so, so yeah. So, uh, so, you know, gosh, through that project, I learned so much. I, uh, as, uh, about rehab, I went through three sets of contractors. Um, I, uh, yeah, because yeah. you, you bought a university. Yeah, exactly. You, you didn't buy a house. You bought a university. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like just, just the mold, just mold remediation alone, I get bids from $1,500 to $25,000. <laughs> you know, wow. it's like crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, so I learned, I learned all of that, how to remediate mold very inexpensively. How do you, uh, can, can we talk about that real quick? Uh, that, can yeah, that yeah. be maybe one of the nuggets on the rehabbing side on how to properly yeah, yeah. remediate mold inexpensively? Can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so first of all, you know, the visible mold that you can see, um, you know, you can clean it off with, with, uh, with um, Clorox very easily, right? Um, you know, if, if it's bad, you can just cut out that sheet rock or replace that uh, cabinets or whatever. So you can remove the physical mold. And then the, the, the mold that you can't see, uh, you, you contact a company that has ozone machines. They'll run it for like two, three days. Um, and then, you know, uh, you're going to get uh, the, the engineer that tests for mold to come in right after the, 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 the ozone machine is done. Mm -hmm. and they test it and uh, and yeah and that's pretty much it i mean you you know you don't just so you know i own an ozone machine oh really okay. yes because of the same deal i actually own also the the camera for the sewage line uh-huh yeah so every time we suspect there's something going on we run the line and we we can see where it's broken and then we'll either go replace it ourselves like sometimes because it's not really rocket science dig dig a hole cut up the pipe replace it um, yep. and then, um, so, okay. So you, uh, the engineer comes in, they test and then what? Yeah. So the, and then they give you a clearance, you know, like, yeah. So, so as long as you know, the, yeah, the, the test, because here in Houston, because you know, it's very humid, like every house have mold, right? Every, <laughs> I tell this to everybody, every house has mold. It's just that the mold does not go from the exterior wall to the interior walls because the AC system keeps right. the moisture out. That's it. But if you, if, yeah. you, if you go on vacation, Tim, and you leave your AC off for six months, you're going to come back and you're going to see mold in your house. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, basically, that's it. You know, you, so you, you get the, 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 the lab company to come in, you know, right after the, the, the ozone machine is done. So the house is still sealed at that point, right? There's no outside moisture that's coming into the house and uh, they'll give you a clearance very, you know, very easily. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so from there, you know, from there, uh, from that house, I did uh, two other houses. So the neighbor to, to the right side of the house uh, is a real estate agent and so I get to talk to her. It's like, yeah, I buy houses, blah, blah, blah. And she found, uh, well, she had a listing of a house in a different neighborhood. Uh, they, 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 crazy. I don't know what this realtor was thinking, but she listed it on the MOS for $96,000. Okay, $96,000. This house, uh, what happened was the owner had uh, turned it into a music studio. <laughs> okay. So, so, you know, so, so, like they built a lot of walls, a lot of sound barriers. Um, so basically, you know, uh, you have to go in and just demo all of that stuff out and put it wow. back as a house. 
Um, anyway, so she listed for 96,000. I, I made her an offer for $55,000 cash. And, uh, and then um, she, and then uh, there was another buyer that offered 56,000. And, you know, um, I told her, it's like, look, you know, see if you can get the seller to accept my offer because, you know, you get both sides of the commission and you know, I can perform because I'm doing this house right next yep. to you. Right. So, so that's what she did. She went and persuaded the seller to take my offer over the other offer. So I bought that house for 55,000. Uh, and then check this out. The neighbor to the left of my house, he was going through his mold remedial, uh, his mold claim while I was wow. remodeling mine. And so, uh, so, so when his claim was done, you know, he, uh, he, he's like, Hey Tim, you know, uh, yeah, make, make me an offer on my house. And it's like, how much do you want for it? He's like 89,000. And I said, look, my house is right next to yours. It's about the same size house, about the same amount of repairs. I bought my house for only 55,000. So can you do 55 on yours? And I'll, you know, I, I can do it. And he agreed. You believe wow. that? <laughs> Three houses on one shot. Yes, all fifty-five thousand. Like that, fifty-five thousand was the magic number. Yeah, yeah. You, so you were creating story, your own. You were creating your own comps too, right? Uh, so, yeah, you know, and, uh, and and yeah, exactly. And uh, and yeah, so so the first house, you know, I clear uh, a little bit over fifty thousand on that house. Wow. That house. Oh, talking about that, so so I like I said, you know, I went through all these contractors. I went away. Oh, over time, over budget. Um, at the end, like, you know, my wife and I were in there like painting the house ourselves pretty much. Same thing with me, brother. My first house, oh. I was there freaking doing the drywall. I was there. I learned how to install sheer rock, all that stuff. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, you know, by the time I'm done with this house, I'm like about five months into this house. Okay. I was so desperate. It's like, I need to sell this house fast. I need the money. Uh, remember, I this is like eleven months from the time I got laid off. So we're yeah. talking, you know, you know, without getting any pay yet. So I was so desperate to sell this house. So I went on, you know, I went online. I did research on like how to sell your house fast. I asked around, and I saw this book. I found this book called uh, "How to Sell Your Home in Five Days." Uh, the author is Bill Efros. Okay. Which is a, it's a, it's a like kind of like it's a. Um, uh, auction style, highest bidding, right? Uh, highest bid, round robin style. So I asked around town, like, who has done this here in Houston? I couldn't find anybody who has done it. So this, we'll talk. This is two thousand three. Um. So 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 I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. Uh. And you know, and and so I uh, yeah. Now I, you I, you asked that question at the I guess at the clubs that were around the area, the Rias or yeah, the Rich Club, right? primarily yeah i asked around and like nobody has heard about this book you know the, the with the strategy uh so i said you know what do i have to lose i have i mean it just takes one week to get this thing you know to, to get this campaign uh worst case scenario if i don't sell it that week oh well right so uh so yes yeah, so i did it long story short got the house sold that weekend wow uh, yeah. And, um, I, yeah, end up selling it for 135,000 plus I paid, uh, I think 3% toward the closing costs. Right. Like um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, so, so, uh, uh, so that, I mean, gosh, like you said, you know, I bought myself a university. I learned so much about rehabbing, 
I learned about, you know, how to sell the house fast. Managing contractors. Yeah, managing contractors about, you know, how to negotiate with other houses, talk to the neighbors, right? Like I didn't, you know, because I, so I had the We Buy Houses sign on my car. So it was advertising for me while I was out on the job. Uh, And so, so, so I got deals from the neighbors. So I learned so much from that first house, Um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, so, so uh, uh, fast forward a little bit, right? So from 2000, from, you know, from, from 2002, all the way to 2008, I did, gosh, hundreds of deals, Um, you know, all, you know, everything from from like residential lots to uh you know condos townhomes you know houses i'd never got into apartments but all the residential stuff i did during that time uh, i was one of the first guys that was doing tv commercials back in those days with uh with um uh home investors back in those days okay so you had a home investors franchise i didn't have a home investors franchise but i was hanging out with them every tuesday at the at hooters right <laughs> Uh, you know, with Eddie Gant and uh, Jim Youngblood, a lot of the big guys uh, here in town. Uh, I, so I was, you know, uh, I was doing, uh, you know, um, a sizable volume, basically. Uh, and I was doing both wholesaling and rehabbing uh, at that time. And um, I thought, man, back then, like I wrote that, 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 you know, that seller's market up. And I thought that everything I touched turned into gold, right? And 2008 hit. And at that time, I had 30 properties in different uh, stages of construction or reselling, uh, you know, on, on the market. And overnight, there were no buyers for them. And I couldn't even wholesale those deals because the, the, the rehabbers couldn't even get loans on their side. Hard money lenders, they were at that time, they were lending up to 75% of, uh, of, of ARV. And overnight, they dropped it to 55%. I mean, it was a tough market, uh, you know, and, and, and yeah, so, um, so, so, you know, I uh, basically, I hang in there because I made really good money prior to that. I had some money to be able to pay. Kind of, uh, yeah, pay, but man, that gosh, looking hindsight now, I'd rather not have the money because then I probably would have navigated that market better uh anyways same uh, thing happened same thing happened to me in 2017 was my 2008 yeah i had the money and i started paying and i started navigating and yeah. i mean it nearly bankrupt me i mean it bankrupt me I, I had two attorneys say you gotta file for bankruptcy and i never did because I, I don't think i was bankrupt in my mind my yeah. mindset was i was not bankrupt i just had a cash flow problem <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh but um it's tough, man, because you lose millions of dollars and and yeah. uh, it, it brings you down to your knees to where you're, you're like, how did I get myself into this situation? I remember my wife, and I tell this all the time. Um, I mean, you start making 100000 200000 300000 per month. You're invincible now at this point. Like, your ego gets a little big. and Yeah, uh, my, yeah my, my personal overhead. Forget about the business overhead. My personal overhead at that time was like 20000 a month. Yeah. It's like crazy. Yeah, did you buy the big house, car? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I get it. That, that, that was my personal. I, I, my personal overhead might not have. It was at some point probably that much, but um, 
but I wasn't living lavishly. If, if, if you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like burning through money or anything like that. Uh, by the way, I brought that personal overhead from my previous, uh, life where I was in the oil and gas business. So, uh, I was making money for many years. Um, but, um, I don't have that overhead anymore. My personal overhead is not even $5,000 today. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, I learned my lesson. Um, and will I ever get to that point again? Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't think it fits me anymore. Like it, it, yeah. I don't need a big house to prove to anybody that anything yeah. is, is, but at the time you go through those things, you want to get the big house. You're buying happiness, right? Yeah, and yeah. people that think money doesn't buy happiness, they just don't know how to spend it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I just, I say it all the time. They don't know how to spend it. They don't know where to go shopping or eating or how to get a big house or a fancy car, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, you know, for us, like, yeah, you know, we, we, we went on a lot of trips. We did a lot of traveling back then, you know? Yeah. On, on top of our big house and, and, and the cars, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was just crazy. We were, we were definitely, um, you know, having a good life back. <laughs> That's good. So, so how much money do you think you lost during that time frame? Man, I, you know, I, 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 you're like me. I quit counting at some point. Exactly. Cause yeah. I would, I would just get depressed thinking about, yeah, man, I, I can't believe I just lost $10 million. Like yeah. what, what, it, where did the money go? Like, especially yeah. the money I had cash, I had like $3 million cash and that thing just vanished. And my yeah. wife calls me one day, said, Hey, which debit card do I use to put gas in our car? And I was like, what? Just, I, I don't know. Any debit card is my, my answer, right? And she's like, I guess you haven't looked at your bank accounts because they're all red. And I was like, man, how do I go from, from, from making all this money into not having $50 to fill up my gas tank? Yeah. Yeah. And then you start feeling, you start feeling like, what am I doing driving? Like she had a Highlander, a Toyota Highlander, right? With all the, all the, all the gadgets. Like, like now that $700 payment that I had on that thing, it seems like it's like, a, like an enormous payment, but at some point it was nothing. Like, oh, it does $700. That's it. Okay. No problems. Um, so it yeah. makes you realize you got to start changing your lifestyle a little bit. You start adjusting. Uh, you also some, you, you also get the imposter sy syndrome, which is, yeah, I'm not this person that I think I was. Right. Um, I, I feel like a failure now. Uh, yeah. Or even though I never felt like a failure, I was, I wasn't like, it, it happened to me. I couldn't pay notes anymore. And to me, I'm a man of my word. Like I really want to perform. Right. And how do I have a conversation with my private money lender that I, hey, man, I'm sorry. I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. I don't have any money. Right. So anyhow, I, I didn't want to take the conversation that way, but I yeah, guess no, we got no, no, something no. to relate yeah. there. Right. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> you know, gosh, for me, it was so embarrassing for the longest time. It's only in the last few years, really, that I really start to share it in, you know, like in a deeper way. I mean, it was so embarrassing that when when my wife and I had to put our house up for sale, we 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 were too embarrassed to even put the sign out in front of the yard. Like we just wanted a quiet sale, you know. You became a motivated seller. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and 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 yeah. So it's like we we did the same thing, Tim. I mean, I we I did it not long ago. I just sold my house 
a few months ago. I owner financed it out, right? Because um, I, I just said, man, I can't continue to pay this mortgage like this anymore. It, it's just too much money. I'm not producing as much as I used to. So I got to adjust my lifestyle. And, and guys, for you guys watching this podcast right now, you are watching for the most part people on social media that are telling you the good things. I like this conversation because Tim and I are right now opening up and we're sharing the ugly side of what happens when you grow and then something disrupts the market. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so keep in mind that if you're in this business and all you see is people winning, well, ask those winners when they lost because they all had to lose at some point or yeah. they're headed that way. They're heading that way. Yeah. I, I mean, the last 10 years, you know, the whole the whole U.S. real estate market has been such a booming market. So like all of the guys that you see now that, that are flashing, you know, that, you know, the Instagram blew up. They're on their way I mean, up. <laughs> you know, they just haven't been to a downturn yet. So they, you know, so 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 when you know, Warren Buffett says it this way, right? when the tide goes down, you'll get to see who's naked. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and so, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I wish them the best and I, I want this message out to those guys. So that way, you know, uh, they, they protect themselves because we are going to have a downturn. There's no doubt about it. And so, you know, it gets, I mean, this, that's just the nature of the real estate cycle. And so, yeah, so I, you know, I hope that they protect themselves. Uh, but yeah, dude, like if, you know, to, to kind of go back a little bit, the things that I learned, yeah, the things that I learned is number one, I, I, I wish I had known to go back and renegotiate with my lenders much earlier. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I hang on, hang on, hang on. Finally, you, just, you wanted to honor the commitments. Exactly. That's so, simple. Yeah. And so finally, when I couldn't hold on anymore, I, I went and told them this. I said, look, you know, I'm not able to pay the interest like like I said. You know, I, I did my best. So I, you know, the ones that I had a, a bank for, uh, bank loans on, I, I let the bank took the property because I, you know, because I wanted to hold on to the ones that I had private money on because I want to make my private lenders right. Um, and so I, I told my private lenders, like, look, I can't afford to pay you the interest I normally afford. You know, uh, yeah. So I negotiate for them to basically um, um allow me to just pay a hundred dollars a month, just $100 a month. Wow. Uh, and, and basically forgive the interest that, that, you know, uh, that are still due and, you know, until, until I'm able to, to, yeah, like get through this. And so, so yeah, so I did, you know, uh, yeah. So, 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 so I did, you know, yeah. Some lenders let me pay real, you know, very inexpensively. Uh, some, you know, basically uh, allow me to, um, so I was paying 12% interest. And so I negotiate down to 6% interest instead of 12. And, and not only I negotiate down to 6%, but to retroact to all the interest I pay at 12% to bring those down to 6%. So that way those money are now being paid for longer term. Uh, you know, and, and so, yeah, I've done, you know, a lot of different maneuvering like that. Um, and, and private lenders, this is what I love about private lenders. The normal people, just like you and I, and so they're very willing to work with you as long as you're in communication. You're not like putting your your head in the sand yep. and hiding somewhere and ignoring them. And, but unfortunately, some of them also lose uh, patience. 
Or they lose the patience. They say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for If you want to go for close and, you know, <clears throat> do whatever you got to do, right? They're, they're, they're entitled to do whatever they, it is that they need to do because at the end of the day, they got their money at risk. And I've been through that situation to where I had to hand some properties back and say, hey, man, th did I want to do that? No. Yeah. But they, they said, Ricardo, we don't see you getting ahead. And I was like, well, I haven't gotten my cash flow back again, so I'm working as hard as I can. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you know what? We'd rather take the property and we're going to put money on it. Because at the end of the day, they have an asset that they can right. they can go fix up, sell it. They're not going to lose money. Trust me. Yeah. They're so not going to lose money. Yeah. So in my case, you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, none of my uh, lenders wanted the property. They, they wanted to work with me. I had one that threatened to sue me. Uh, you know, I was like, dude you can sue me, but what are you going to get? <laughs> you know? There's nothing to get. There's nothing for you to get. When you're broke, there's nothing to get. <laughs> you know? And, and, and so, yeah, so I calmed him down and, and, you know, we worked out a payment arrangement that, 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 that worked. And he's actually the one that I, I worked down to the low down from 12% to 6%. You know? Right. Um, yeah. But, but, but it's, you know, yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so that so 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 I learned that, and of course I I was wholesaling all along the way, so that helps a lot. I mean, if I didn't have a wholesaling business, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it would I would be in even worse than I. No, was. you you would have been who knows where. I mean, I, I get it. I, I'm the same way. Like similar similar story to yours. Now I have 47 properties. That was 120 thousand dollars a month going out just on payments. Right. Um, that, that's tough to swallow, man. Uh, yeah. and, and, <laughs> you know, eventually yeah. that money runs out and you're like, shit, man, what do I do now? Right. Uh, and, so and, and, and check this out. This is, this is what got my, like, this got me into a depression. So I started, you know, in, I started, uh, into the education business in 2006. Okay. Uh, cause 2006, I mean, I was the king, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, I was doing so many deals. Um, and so when, when this was happening in 2008, you know, and, and I'm, I'm having to like sort of uh, manage through all of this. And I'm over here also teaching people how to, you know, how to uh, start their wholesaling business. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, how you, you're talking about imposter syndrome shit. Yeah. I, I was like, I was like, you know, how can I be out here teaching people, you know, how to do deals when I'm like barely, you know, like managing my own real estate. Probably not, even, not even making it right. Cause, yes. cause you're not, I mean, you're not the big shot that people think you are. I mean, you right. were at some point, but life changed. Yeah. And now that, but this is the thing, right? So, and I think you and I agree a lot on this thing. So, um, and, and I hate to cut you off, but because I'm in the same boat, I'm in the same boat, a hundred percent. Right. People look at me and they say, Oh, he's this guy. I say, well, yeah, shit. But I just went through a major loss in the last three years. But one thing I took away from the family reunion when we went there last year and, and Ron Legrand was speaking. Mm -hmm. um, and I asked him a question. Uh, I don't know if you were in the room when I asked the question, because he talked about how he lost everything back in, in, in the nineties. Right. Mm -hmm. And he brags about having $50 million worth of judgments and this and that. And I, as soon as he said that, I said, like, oh, my God, that's me. I don't, my, now, my number is nowhere near that. I'm, I don't right. have any judgments, but I do have debt that's hanging around my neck that eventually it can turn into a judgment. 
um, if I don't address it right, or I'm able to cut a deal with the lenders that are not happy with me, which there are some of them that, that are out that way, I'm not borrowing money anymore. So I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not borrowing money. I'm sorry. I, I gotta, you know, not for that purpose of flipping because I'm okay with the wholesaling. I can create an income like that. But he said something very interesting to me. He said, I asked him, I said, Ron, how, how, how are you able to go out and do education and go out and do more deals? And he said, and he said, son, I had to put foot on the table. Yeah. So I just, you know, I, w- I was not going to let that failure defeat me and, and bring me down to the point to where I wasn't going to go feed my family. And the reality is, is I had to make a living. And even though I pretty much defaulted on all these loans, I just had to shift the strategy, but real estate was still the vehicle. So when he told me that I had a sense of, okay, I'm not alone. You see, yeah. I didn't know the extent of your story either. Cause we talk a lot, but we don't, we never get into the weeds of, right. of what you went through personally. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's, I mean, like, well, I, this is like my first time sharing it at this level of details. For sure. Hold on a second, Tim. <laughs> That's it. I had to drop a bomb there, man, because, um, man, uh, guys, if you guys are here watching this today or listening to this podcast, um, we're sharing a lot of personal stuff that, uh, not everybody's willing to share. Okay. You see a lot of people out there. They have big names. They show big checks. Do we make big checks? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. We're negotiators. We know how to navigate these waters, right? But we're sharing our failures. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I appreciate you, Tim, for opening up like you are right now uh, and, and sharing with the public because, it's, it, you know, when I did, I did this not long ago, Tim, it wasn't too, too long ago when I went public and I said, look, this is where I'm at. And to me, it was like, like offloading a big elephant that I had been carrying on my shoulders. Yeah. And then the thing is, I did it from the living room of the house I need to get rid of because I, I couldn't make that note payment anymore. I, I was like, I'm in this million dollar home. Well, it's not a million dollar. It was like 600,000. Still very expensive in Houston, you know? Right. I'm sitting in my living room. I'm looking at this beautiful, and you, 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 you actually feel like you're not worthy of it when you're going through something like that, you know? You're like, man, but I, and I don't know why, I guess, you know, we can share more afterwards on why you feel that way. Maybe that's the imposter syndrome that we've been talking about. But when I went and put that post public, it's like, okay, I let it go. That's it. That That is done. It's like, I got it out of my chest. Right. And I think you're doing that right now. Yeah. You know, and, 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 uh, uh, you know, like you, you know, you has, you opening up like really created the the space for me to open up because I yeah I'm that type that like uh especially you know I I've done so much in my career that a lot of people look up to me yeah and 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 so so for me to to come out and, and share vulnerably like it's really hard for me because I'm constantly having to live up to this image right this image that others have for me and and like hearing you share and stuff like it it you know opens up i mean i i've shared sort of bits and pieces but i've never like share like you know as i know i never as heard as it as yeah i know this is this i'm gonna this is a premiere guys <laughs> <Hey, my, laughs> opens up to the world and shares yeah. 
all the struggles, right? This is one thing, right? So, and I think we can relate back to the mastermind with John Jackson, that the way where you and I met together. Um, when you got up and talked about what you talked about, you were trying to find yourself. That's what I got from, from the mastermind. And, 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 and I said, man, this guy is, because I looked up to you. I've always looked up to you, right? But I didn't know you personally. Like, I didn't know who you were, what you did, how many deals you did or anything. Like, I just knew that you were out there, right? And I had more communication actually with, a, with AC than I did with you. Uh, and it's because we kind of like talked about deals and things of that nature. But I, AC was, we weren't, we weren't even friends. We, we just knew each other, right? I was helping him out launch his podcast. <laughs> he hasn't launched yet, but maybe one day he'll do it. Um, but uh, when, when you first got on that stage and, and I said, man, this guy, he's lost and he's trying to find his way. Right. I felt like I was headed that way. You see, I was headed to where you were. But I was carrying this thing inside because this is almost a year and a half ago. Yeah. When I went to that mastermind, I had just literally, so put it, I put it to you in this way. That was back in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. No, we're two, yeah, 2019, I think it was. I made a million dollars in assignments in 2019, and I was poor because all the money I was making was to throw it to properties, offload properties, pay yeah. my bills, all of that stuff, right? So I was, I was a high-producing person, but I wasn't keeping any money because I was just trying to get away from the debt. Um, and and I, I found I was broke, literally broke. But I said, I have to share with this group how I'm overcoming this. Because I, I, I talked about how I opened all these different lanes to solve a problem. And I think you did that too. Yeah. You, yeah. you, 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 you got into rehabbing, you were holding notes, then you got into wholesaling. That's how you started creating cash flow. Then created cash flow. Then you went into the education space, and that created another stream of income for you. Right. And yep. and you were probably doing wholesaling and education now. Not many flips because you know uh, you get that sour taste of holding those notes. You're like, hey, I don't want to know it anymore, right? I got that sour taste right now. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want notes right now. Like literally, I I don't want to buy anything. Not even my own house. I can care less for buying a, a house for me personally today. Okay. So we all seem to find ourselves in the same path, right? And you, you're, a, you're just a little bit ahead of me. That's it, you know, because you went through that. I wish I would have met you three years ago, Tim, because you would have saved me millions of dollars, millions. Yeah, which, is, which is what I love about you sharing your story and, and like what have me open up to share my stories because I want others who are listening to this so that way, the, if, if you guys ever find yourself, you know, in this situation that, that Ricardo yeah. and I have gone through, like, please, 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 like, reach out, whether it's to us or to, you know, to, you know, to someone who have been it, been through it to guide you through it. Because I didn't have anyone to guide me through it. Ricardo didn't have anyone to guide him through it. If we had people who guide us through it, Man, we, you know, it would have been so much better. Easier. Yeah. It would have been easier. But this is the thing, because I was so busy with my own business. I never networked uh, prior to uh, 2017. I did network a little bit. It was occasionally. 
but it was because I was going to look for something specifically. Let's say I wanted a, a new hard money lender or a new private money lender. I will go to networking events and I will find my person, get it and go out. But I wasn't trying to build relationships at the time because I had a job. So I was building my relationships in that world, um, in the oil and gas business world. Now, when, when, I'm, when Dennis and I started going through, and by the way, this is like the perfect storm because before Harvey, I had another package of houses. It was like 20 or 30 houses that we had on, on, on private money. And what we did, I had two other partners, Jose and Brian, who I love to death. I mean, those guys are great people. They, they, they helped me so much. Uh, after I got laid off from the oil and gas business, we started our company together. And our purpose was to buy property to buy and hold. It was never to flip or anything like that. So we got all these properties to buy and hold. But eventually, we found ourselves pulling in different directions. I wanted to flip more, get more deals, flip at a scale. They didn't want to do that because they didn't want the liability. So I had to buy them out of the company. And but the way I bought them out is I gave them all the assets that were already rented and produced, producing, and I stayed with the liabilities. So that's why when Harvey hits, it hits like at the worst time because now I got all the liabilities. I don't have producing assets. And I, I literally just bought these guys out with a bunch of properties that we had together. And now I'm just swimming with Dennis. And man, it was like, it was horrible. So um, now, do I regret going through all of that? No, I don't. Otherwise, you know, I, I don't know if I would be able to be of help uh, to somebody that's going through the same thing that you and I went through. Yep. But I think we got something in common. And, and, and it's that we've both gone through the same phases. You're just a little bit ahead. And this is what I want to talk about right now. Uh, that way we don't focus more on the negativity, on the, all, the, all the bad stuff. But so you become a trainer, right? You start teaching people how to do real estate. And, and I remember you guys had a big company here uh, in, in Houston uh, where you, you were training people. And Can you talk a little bit about that and where you are today in regards to coaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that, that particular, so I, so I started my education business in uh, 2006 and I started doing seminars here in Houston uh, and then, uh, you know, yeah. And then in 2007, I went nationwide. So I've taught to like thousands of students all, all over the world, pretty much. Uh, funny story. My, one of my students in Holland married one of my VAs in the Philippines. <laughs> so, oh, wow. <laughs> she, she, she was doing like, kind of like what Lauren does for you right now. Yeah. So she was doing support for my students and they got to know each other and they got married. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's and, uh, awesome, man. So you're yeah. a matchmaker too. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's that's my side hustle. <laughs> yeah. But um, so so, you know, so uh, so yeah. I mean, I've you know, I've taught thousands of students uh, online, and um, you know, and 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 you know, I was doing really well with that, but. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't doing national wholesaling like you're doing now. All of yeah. my deals were, were in Houston and my, my, uh, my students that were online, um, their success rate was, was very, you know, minimal, you know, it's like your typical three, 5% students that actually take action and, and, and do something right. Like, uh, and do a deal. And I remember that when I first started teaching in 2006 in Houston, 
my student success, meaning the number of my students that actually do their first deal was much higher because they can come to my office. They see the deals that we blast out all the time. You know, so it's very real for them. So I was like, you know what? I, I um, you know, I, I want to shut down my online education and focus on local education, local coaching. Uh, so yeah, that's when, you know, uh, I, I met with uh, AC and we got together and we, you know, I, I like how he, uh, back then he runs a team very similar to how you're running your team right now. Yeah, me and Zim are very much, uh, and AC are very much alike when it comes to, to that's what I like AC, man. I, I feel like I've known him for years, but I have not. I, I've only right. known him for a couple of years now. Um, but uh, but we, when we think when we talk, we think very much alike when it comes to teamwork and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, so yeah. So so that's I, and that's what I liked about you know his model as well. So I was like, hey, why don't we team up? You know, we'll 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 we'll, we'll uh, yeah, we'll coach people locally, help them success, you know, be successful. So yeah. So our goal was this: we we create, you know, we start out saying, okay, look, we want a hundred percent of our students do at least one deal while they're in our coaching program. That's you know, like, that was our metrics, right? Um, you know, and, and so, so, so we pretty much did everything that we could possibly do, uh, you know, for our students, like that we can, I mean, obviously we can't make decisions for them, right? They still have to make their own decision. They still have to pull the trigger when it's needed, but we provide, you know, uh, contractors, title company, private lenders, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah, like any resource they could possibly need to run their business here in Houston. We did the marketing for them. We did the direct mail for them. All they have to do is we did a uh, round robin, um, uh, you know, uh, we all pull our money together to do marketing and we round robin the calls, the leads that were coming in. And, uh, it's and yeah, a great so model, by the way, that model is awesome because Everybody gets to learn at the same time. Everybody pitches in. The deal flow starts coming in. Yeah. I have something similar. You've seen it. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, anyway. So, yeah. So, basically, you know, uh, yeah. So, so we decided, you know, unlike, uh, you know, because um, yeah, I've been through the online education where you take on as many students as you can, right? And, and this, you know, there are disadvantages in that model. So, I, you know, um, it's, hey, it's coming up. Yeah, it's the camera. It turns on and off. It's a DSLR, so every 30 minutes, oh. it shuts down. Oh, gotcha. So, um, so, so, uh, uh, where was I? Which, oh. by the way, I'm buying a camera from AC. I just haven't picked it up. Yeah, you told me. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, uh, so we wanted, we wanted a, 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 um, a model where we work with a lot less clients. Right, a lot less students. Uh, we charge higher fees. You know, uh, we charge up to hundred thousand dollars for coaching. Uh, we charge a higher fee, but we we go deep with them. We we basically help them build out their entire business. Uh, and you know, while we didn't achieve the hundred percent success that that we set out to, um, at least eighty percent of students did at least you know at least one one deal. deal. Program. Yeah. So that's, that's a good, that's a good return. I mean, that's a good, a good, because the other 20%, I mean, they just don't get it, man. And, and, uh, maybe they're not putting the efforts in it. They're not, you know, um, they're not following through life a lot gets of it. In the way. Life gets, what I found is that, you know, there's good people. It's just life gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes team is also mindset, right? Yeah. They start thinking I'm not good enough. Yep. They start thinking, 
I can't do this is not for me or I can't do it. And, and, and probably they're right, but that can be fixed. That can always be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. T talking about the I'm not good enough mindset. I, I, I want to share about that because that's something I deal with. Like people don't realize this about me, but the my, when it comes to mindset, the biggest thing I deal with is the I'm not good enough um, sort of you? voice. But yeah, voice that goes on. Whenever I'm in a mastermind, like we were in a San Antonio mastermind, right? Yeah. No matter how much experience I have, no matter how much of thing, when I'm in a room with other successful entrepreneurs, my I'm not good enough screams at me. Really? I don't yes. know. <laughs> Nobody can tell, but 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 well, like, I did notice that you were asking a lot of questions at the end, which was great because they were all great questions. Like that's the thing. One of us asked a question, it's not gonna be a a, a boot camp question, it's gonna be a all right, let's think about how we answer this question because it's, it's more of a higher level um, right. type question. But I didn't know you 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 felt that way. Yeah, you know, so like, it, yeah, it doesn't matter if I'm in a room with like successful ambassadors or successful gurus or whatever. Like I deal with this thing and I, I'm sharing this to share that, you know, chances are like the listeners who are listening in, you might be dealing with it too. And the, the difference, be, you know, when, whenever you have the I'm not good enough screams at you, you, you know, you, you can, you can, uh, you know, you can let that win over you and, and, and you go high away or you take yourself away or you can, you know, or, or you can learn to, 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 uh, I call it be with it. Like, just say like, you know what, it's a voice that's always going to be there, no matter what level of achievement that I have. The, it, that voice is always going to be there. So I'm going to accept that it's always going to be there and I'm going to be in action. I'm going to, you know, be involved. I'm going to stay in the game. And that's why you're talking so much right now about the, the 100 day challenge. Right. Because you're actually fixing your mindset with this challenge that you're doing that. Cause I've been following your challenge. I watch your videos, by the way, guys, do me a favor. If you're watching this on YouTube, you got to go find Team Mind on YouTube. I'm actually going to put a link down below to his channel. That way you can subscribe to his channel. And, and he's, he's just launched. He's got no followers right now. Maybe, I don't know, maybe five followers or so. I don't know what the count is. But go find Team Mind. Click that button because Team Mind has a lot to add, uh, value to add to you guys. Um, you can tell he's he's been around for a while now. And, uh, and what I love about what you're doing right now, Tim, is you're opening up. You're being vulnerable. Uh, which is so hard for so many of us, you know, to to open up and share those those so intimate things that 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 are kind of like in our subconscious mind. They drag us down. Right. Uh, and for you, I never expected that from you, to be honest with you, because I know that you have a very strong mindset like you and you are a, a, a very, um, you know, a positive mindset type person. But I didn't know that you had a voice screaming that I'm not good enough. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah. And so, so, I mean, you know, and I, I share that, you know, I share that to share that all of us, we're going to have some kind of voice. We always have, like, that, that's just part of being a human being. Like you're going to have that voice and it's up to you to, it's like a muscle that you have to train yourself to take action despite the, the voice that you hear. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah and so, so, uh, yeah. all right, man. So let's fast forward to, to the end of the program because we've been actually going at it for now an hour. 
we thought we were going to do this in like 30 minutes. <laughs> but anyhow, um, you are today, I think you found your purpose. Uh, and I, I am a firm believer when I saw you, uh, when I talked to you in Tampa and you said, I want to do this, this and that. I said, bingo, he's got it. Because I remember when we went from 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 the mastermind at John, you were you were trying yeah. to find your way navigating through what do I do next? Like what what's next for me? Right. Yeah. And and I, I thought about it all the time. I said, man, what is next for Tim? I do care for people when I see them that they don't have a a I call it the north. Mm-hmm. You know, where you have a north, you know where you're going, right? North or you know where with which life your direction is. In other words, a purpose, right? And I believe you found a purpose that I actually personally, I told you yesterday, I want to help you promote, which is training other trainers. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I have, you know, so, so yeah, in, in, in sort of finding myself and my, my journey, um, you know, I want, I, uh, I wanted to like, what am I going to do next? What's next for me? I've, you know, I mean, I've done plenty of real estate, like real estate doesn't excite me anymore you know, yeah, like, you know, I mean, it does like the deal I shared with you yesterday, right? yeah. home, home run deals excite me. But other than that, <laughs> if they're not home run deals, they don't really excite me anymore. Um, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and I've, you know, I've already, you know, I mean, been through the, the education business where I've taught, you know, been a coach and taught, you know, thousands of students. So I was like, what's next for me? And, you know, um, what's next for me to share with you and, and the reason why of what's next for me, what I did, that business I started with AC uh, was the most fulfilling business for me. Okay. And I love like seeing students succeed. And so when I look at the industry, the education industry, uh, I'm very unhappy with the industry as a whole. And here's why. Right now in our industry, you know, most educators have as uh, has um, um, you know sort of accepted the status quo that hey only you know three five percent maximum ten percent of our students ever gonna succeed anyways right right um, and and so 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 I don't like that the I don't like that we have accepted that status quo. I want, I want to transform the coaching industry, not just in real estate, but in, in, in all kinds of business coaching. Right now when, you know, um, uh, if for, for the most cases, now of course I don't have the exact statistics for this, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna assume that right now when you, uh, when someone hires a coach, let's say if they didn't hire any coach at all, their chance of success is 50-50. Right. right. All right. And when they hire a coach right now, their chance of success is maybe 60%, 60-40, right? Maybe, yeah. right? I want it to be where as an industry, when someone decides to hire a coach, their chance of success is at least 80-20. At least 80-20. Much higher than if they're on their own, right? Right. And so, 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 you know, if I'm a coach then all I can do is help my students do that. But if I am like a coach to the coaches, I can sell all of the coaches in our industry that, you know, that, that, that ideology that, Hey, let's get as a whole, let's get our, 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 you know, in our industry, get our student success rate way up at least 80%, at least 80% of our students who sign up for our coaching do at least one deal 
you know, because once someone does a deal, I mean, all kinds of light bulbs turn on. For Proof them. of concept. It works. Yeah. yeah, it works, right? And and even if they do one deal and they're like, you know what, this is not for me, you know, that's at least, fine. At least they did one deal and they might have gotten their money back or something, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so so, so that's my, you know, so, so like that's the, the why behind I'm getting into the business of coaching the coaches and doing a mastermind for coaches is because that's what I like. Ultimately, that's what I want. Um, and I, I attempted, and I, you know, uh, I attempted to do this a couple years ago. But when I when I attempted to do this a couple years ago, uh, I at that time I was still in a place where you know I got to make money from this business. Um, and now I'm at a place where I'm willing to go all in into the business. And if the business doesn't make money, hopefully it just doesn't lose me money. If the business doesn't make money in the first year, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I don't think you will lose your money because I think what the, the value that you have to add is is there. And I'm, I'm actually, I told you, hey, if I can't make it because I, there, and I have my reasons that particular day, there's something going on with me that I can't really be there, I will make sure I send somebody. Right. Um, and because I do see the value in what you're doing, I to me, it's more, I really want to support your, your, your cause. I want to help you promote it. Uh, I want to make sure that as many people that I can reach can can come and meet you in person because uh, sometimes we're not really accessible to people. You know, we have schedules. We got, you know, we're busy with business. Like I'm running my business all the time. I, I actually got to the point a couple of days ago where I told Shane, I said, man, I think I'm going to get me another office downstairs because um, I, people are just starting to show up again in my office on no notice and they just want to feel the energy. Right. right. So, so if you guys are watching this video, we're probably going to uh, pop a link underneath uh, if you want to go to the Teams Mastermind. Now, keep in mind, guys, if you're not into coaching yet, I still want you to go there because it might open up your mind on how to approach coaching uh, for real estate. Um, now, you got to have done some real estate deals, guys, uh, in order to go become a coach. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to teach the right stuff. Uh, you know, it, you just got to go through the motions. If you would have asked me, I don't know, five to six years ago, if I could, if I saw myself teaching somebody something, my answer would have been no. Even though I had done a ton of deals, I never saw myself as a as a coach. I actually don't even like the the word guru. Uh, you know this very well. Like yeah. you told me one day, said Ricardo, you're becoming a guru, and I said, no, I'm not a guru. I am a guru. It's a little different because I'm doing the business right. Uh, but we will put a link on this video below. Uh, this is kind of like I'm putting Tim on a hot seat now because he needs to pump out that website pretty fast. Uh, that way you can get your ticket. You're going to meet uh, Tim, possibly me, and a lot of other badasses. Who, uh, can you share who's going to be on that mastermind, Tim? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the biggest names, some of the, not, not all of the biggest, some of the biggest names that you know in the industry that you look up to, uh, you know, a lot of the gurus are going to be there. I mean, you know, guys like Ron LeGrand, Russ Whitney, uh, I'm asking Dan Merrill to come out as well. Uh, you know, I'm friends with a lot of these guys. I grew up in the education space. You know, Dan Merrill and I were, um, we, we started the education business about the same time. We were in a mastermind together when we first started it. Um, you know, and so, yeah, there a lot of, you know, a lot of the big brands that, that, that you know, it's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. I can't wait. Uh, I got to make it there, man. I, I, I must. Uh, I just got to check my well, that other thing that I have going on that same day and make sure it works for me. But 
We're going to put a link down below, guys, so you guys can sign up and go uh, see, uh, uh, learn how to be a coach or maybe learn how to up your coaching business if you already have one. Because Tim already has the, the and not only Tim, everybody that's going there is already a coach yeah. at some level. They already have the know-how on how to do this. It will cut your time short uh, if you're just getting started or maybe you just got started, but you don't know what's next for you. I'm definitely learning a ton from Tim uh, just from our conversations, but I want to be there because everyone has something to add um, on, on how to approach coaching the right way or mentorship. You know, you explain the difference in between coaching mentors and, and uh, what was the other one? I forgot. Um, consultant and consultant. Uh, so there's different buckets for, for different categories and for different approaches. And Tim definitely got this thing dialed in a hundred percent when it comes to the coaching. So, Tim, thank you so much, man, for coming in today, opening up the way you did. This is amazing. Uh, it's probably, I'll be honest with you, it's one of the best podcasts I've ever done because not everybody gets to open and share uh, failures like, like, like we both did today. Like I feel like our bond is much stronger now. Uh, and also um, for you guys that are watching this video, pay attention, guys. Um, some of you start doing deals and, and, and you start growing and your head starts getting a little big and the ego starts growing. And then you're going to catch yourself where, where team and I were at some point where the universe or God, whatever you want to call it, will bring you down to humble you because that's what it was. That was a humbling experience, right? Yeah. Um, you know, everything that you were able to get, you know, money-wise, lifestyle-wise, you know, love, because even love disappears when money goes out. Trust me. Uh, it not, luckily, I'm still married to my beautiful you wife. <laughs> and, 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 but man, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the relationship starts getting a little tense and they don't see you the same way they saw you before and they start talking to you a little different and because yeah. and, you're not able to provide as much as you were in the past, right? So, Okay. Um, you will go through this eventually guys. And if you find yourself in that situation, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, we're, even though we, we operate at a high energy level type, we do a ton of deals. We do a bunch of stuff that doesn't mean we didn't go through, uh, uh I'm still going through some of that. Okay. So a full disclosure, I'm still going through some of that and, and, and I'm dealing with it as I speak, but I know how to deal with it now. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't let it bother me. It used to bother me a ton, man. What am I going to tell this guy? Or what, you know, now it's like, whatever, man. It, they, now I understand they were in business just like I was. And now they got to do whatever it is that they got to do to protect their interests. And I'm okay with that. I'm not even mad at them. If they're mad at me, you follow me. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it's just this mind shift that I had to create well, for, for a couple of years. I was very, very, um, you know, I don't know. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't, I didn't even know people went through that stuff around me. Like, uh, I wish I would have met you three years ago or four years ago. I wish I would have met some other people that went through the same situation many years ago. And this is the beautiful thing about it, Tim, is that us, the ones that keep on pushing and keep on swimming, we're eventually we're going to get to shore. Yep. <laughs> you might be exhausted. You might be tired. But at least now you're on sh on shore. You might still be wet, you know. And the way I see it is, I have my bruises and my scars, but I'm alive and I'm trucking now. And 
Now, I, I, I met uh, uh, someone else. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't know if he wants me to disclose his name. He went to something similar in 2008. Uh, and, and now we're in the place he is today. It's like, man, that's where I want to be. So now I have something to shoot for. Because, okay, man, how do you fix it? Well, you know, Ricardo, I just do free and clear properties now. And, and you probably know who I'm talking about when I say this, uh, you know, uh, he's in Virginia somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we had some extensive yeah. conversations. And now I literally, he says, I get up and, and I just don't know what to do with me. Like that, now he's got a different challenge, which is right. what is he going to do with all that time? He's got free now. But, um, but man, I appreciate you so much, Tim. I, I really do. If you're watching this episode, guys, please share, like, and subscribe. Go to Tim's channel. Make sure you uh, subscribe. He's doing the uh, 100 uh, day challenge right now where he's posting a video on a daily basis. He's doing like 200 push-ups and something crazy like that. Uh, he talks a lot, a lot about motivation, uh, self-development, what's going through his life at the moment. Uh, I enjoy watching your, your videos, Tim, not only because of the energy you're projecting, but you're, you laugh. So, <laughs> you're, it's, so it's so funny, man. I, I just love the energy. So uh, Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast, guys, you will see a lot more guys in similar situations like Tim and I were coming through this line because we want to tell you the truth the bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly of this industry and, and what happens when things go wrong and what happens when things go well. Um, so, you know, this is a very humbling experience for me, my brother. And uh, until then, we'll catch you on the next one. You'll take care. Bye.